All right, welcome back to A Witch and a Buddhist Walk Into a Bar. This is our fourth episode. Fourth episode. And today we are joined by our very good friend, Zach. Hello. Zach Piran. I'm here. Thanks for being here. I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize in advance for any coughing, throat clearing, etc. <laughs> well, your your uh, apology is accepted, and we forgive you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, well, you know, the, the jury's still out on my side if you're forgiven or not. But, okay. You know. <laughs> um, oh, so, yes. we'll talk a little bit about Kendall Odell and how awesome he is. Yeah. yeah. And how inspired I was. Well, before we talk about that... Let's we're talk just about the wine. We're going to talk about. We're drinking Casiero, Casiero <laughs> del, del Diablo. Diablo, Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile, and it's very good. And allegedly, I cannot read this gentleman's name. Okay, own. so it says on the bottle here: more than one hundred years ago, Don something de Concha de Toro. <laughs> um. Uh. Gosh. What does it say? Uh, set aside. Oh, set aside some. Some of his best wines. Uh, one of, of his, his best, best wines. wines <laughs> to keep, and to keep strangers away, he started rumors that the devil lived in his cellar. That's the end of the story. Hence the name, Casiero de, del Diablo. Anyway, that's the wine we're drinking, and it's real good. I'm drinking it's a lovely. 1968 Martinelli's Gold Medal Apple Sparkling Apple mm. Cider. <laughs> and Zach also is enjoying a here. delicious Martinelli's Sparkling Apple Cider. So let's Good talk year. about Kendall and yeah. how awesome that talk was. I just love that he had the cojones to. My favorite thing he said was that he embraces his doubt. Yeah. Which you don't hear that from pastors or ex-pastors. Or many people of any religious. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of, it's almost like doubt is the shameful thing. You're supposed to beat out of yourself. Right. Instead of something you're supposed to embrace. Right. Which is kind of why you're on the show tonight. <clears throat> yeah. Because you're going to be talking to us about your evolution into basically, I, I we've talked about it before, being a self-described optimistic agnostic. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. Yeah. And I, mean, I actually really like that. I think agnosticism really is embracing doubt. It's embracing... Yes. <laughs> so, where do we start talking about that? So, tell us a little bit about your spiritual upbringing. So, if you whatever parts of that story you want to add or whatever, and kind of like maybe the process within yourself that led you from if there was a time you were possible believer into that acceptance of not knowing. Okay. Which is really what agnostic. Well, should we and also explain what is agnosticism to you? Okay, I'll get into that. Yeah. So, my parents met each other in a Young Life group. I don't know if you guys remember Young Life. It was a church thing. I have no idea what is Young Life. So that was like back in the '80s. It was like it was almost like you know like a study group, but they did like outdoorsy stuff and it's a Christian. Yeah, that, that's what and I was going to ask. So they were both pretty Christian. And so growing up, um, you know, we went to church and did that whole thing. And then they got divorced when I was seven, I think, around there. And when that happened, 
we just kind of stopped going and didn't really talk about it much after that. Sorry, that was my... That uh, was the Holy Spirit coming That was the Holy Spirit, that was, yep. Um, <laughs> that reminded me to, to turn my phone on silent. Too. See, I, yeah, I, yes. everyone turn your phones on silent. Anyways, um, so for the subsequent next, you know, I don't know, 10 or so years, I didn't really think about religion much. We were just kind of living our day-to-day lives, and kind of behind the scenes, my dad was definitely still a Christian, but not very active, and my mom, I've come to find out later, was kind of more on the fence about it, and still kind of is, and I I haven't really sat and gotten a definitive answer from her as to whether or not she's still religious, but my dad is definitely very still religious. Hmm. So, But it sounds like he's religious in the way that a lot of Americans are religious, where they believe in God, they go to church on maybe on Easter or Christmas, and then the rest of the time they're kind of just... For a lot of years, Dad was that. He was a CEO, Christmas Eve only. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but now he's gotten back into it pretty heavily, and I think, oh, he, goes, okay. I think he goes weekly. He's been doing that for the last uh, eight years or so. But I was just kind of on the fence about it. I didn't really... It just, I didn't really apply to my life. I didn't really think about it much till later on. Um, so what was church for you then during those times? Was it just a weird place you went and listened to people talk? And exactly. Go, oh. <laughs> and it's it's weird because, yeah, I mean, I remember playing Duck, Duck, Goose and singing songs and that kind of thing. And I don't really, I know they were indoctrinating us with little Bible stories and stuff like that, but I don't really remember them that well. I'm kind of glad about it. <laughs> It was very subtle that it wasn't like a hardcore, like what you saw in Jesus Camp. Right, it wasn't like that. Although I think if I'd stayed in it, it probably could have turned, could into, have turned that. into that. Uh, I've had experiences that were very, very similar to the Jesus Camp. Really? Like, it, I know that they weren't, they're not aware of what they're doing, but growing up, like Vacation Bible School, it was very much like that. Yeah. And for anybody who hasn't heard of it, that's a documentary that you might want to check out. It's very interesting about a, a Pentecostal children's Bible camp. We mentioned it briefly in the last episode. Yeah, if you haven't I, seen I asked, Jesus Camp, you owe yourself. Yeah, it's, I asked Kendall if he had seen it, and he said that he he just he like couldn't. He, do he it. can't do it. Yeah, yeah he's like, too, I can't too, do too it. Yeah. he's like, I know, like, I think he could. I think it's. I think he probably he, could get through it. Just I think fine, he'd just but... be really angry by the time. He oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I watched it. Well, that's a whole other story. But I watched it with a bunch of Christians one time, and they were just stunned. Well, you know, and, and that wow. goes to show there's so many different ideas of what constitutes Christianity in America, right. and some people that are really hardcore that won't even accept fellow Christians as being Christian enough. Right. There are Christians that think some Christians are too crazy. Like, there's a big spectrum when you right. say that word. Right. <laughs> it's true. So, it's so anyway, so getting back to yes, back coming to in story. and out of the, the faith for me was like kind of a roller coaster ride because I was definitely in it, born into it, basically, which I don't think counts. And, you know, by high school and college age, I was definitely leaning towards being an atheist. And, and that's really because I didn't know what the terminology was at the time. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, and eventually I was in a band that rehearsed 
a couple of doors down from a church. I was in a metal band, and we were in there playing, you know, crazy loud screaming metalcore. Now tell us, what is metal? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for our listeners, may not know. At the time, the church um, had lost their drummer for their worship team. So they came over and asked my drummer if they could pay him to go over on Sundays and play two services every weekend, drums. And he said, sure. And he's staunchly atheist. I mean, he is a scientist all the way. Um, but he agreed to do it, and it was fine. And then, um, so then a few months later, and I won't get into that because I'll probably start crying, but my life kind of went to shit, and the band broke up. And at the same time, that church lost their bass player, too. So they asked me if I would come play bass and pay me. And I said, okay. So I started going to this church, and I delved back into Christianity because my life had gone to shit. I had kind of lost all my friends, and I was really grasping and searching. And, you know, I think that's another unfortunate byproduct with especially Christianity, is it scoops people up that are feeling hopeless. Yeah, and it kind of promises a cure-all sometimes. It does. And well, it promises a cure for a problem that right. it created. And I'm not, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm not <laughs> knocking the church that I went to, and I'm certainly not knocking the pastor because he remains a really good friend of mine. Um, but, you know, at one point they asked me, you know, he it was really on his heart to baptize me, and I kept saying no, I kept you know, trying to resist it. And eventually it, it just got to the point where I was like, well, this is something Mike really wants to do. I'm just going to give this to him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and it's not going to hurt if it helps you. Awesome. If it right. doesn't help you, it's was, not going to do anything. It would totally. And I was just like, well, why not? It'll be fun. So we played a bunch of songs. My dad showed up to the service. We did my little baptism. I was wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt. <laughs> Gotta love that. <laughs> oh my and, uh, god. Yeah, that's yeah I mean, it was ridiculous, but you know, my dad really loved it. You know, and afterwards we hugged and cried, and it was this whole thing. And and a big part of that was just because I just really needed people. Yeah. And that's a that's a part of church that I think is very attractive, which is the, the sense of community that you get. And that's something that I've honestly heard of from every single person who used to be involved in the church and is no longer is the thing that they miss the most. I think even Kendall mentioned that. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> that he misses yeah. the 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 um the strong community structure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the helping each other. There's and, camaraderie. There's a feeling that you're part <clears throat> of something that's bigger than yourself. And and I think that that. You know, the sense of being part of something bigger than you goes into everything. Oh, yeah. You know, if you oh, ask yeah. yourself, okay, why am I in a band? Why do I play basketball? Why, why do people join a gang? Why do people get into politics? Why do it's all the same answer, which is you feel part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's, I think <clears throat> personally, I think that that, can be attributed to like our tribal mindset. And that's I was what, gonna say the exact. That's same literally thing. what has helped us survive and right. evolve. I could not agree more. Yeah. And it's a structure that, for the most part, has gotten weeded out of humans. We kind of adopted this very nuclear family 
thing where there's one mom, one dad, and there you have a couple friends, and that's kind of what you do. When in reality, human beings are very tribal creatures, and we will mm -hmm. create them oh, yeah. in any way we can, you know, for any reason we can think yeah. of, <laughs> because that's our most natural state of being, in my opinion. Right. It is, and I get, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not islands. We're not meant to be alone. Right. right. I mean, maybe some people are, but I think for the most part, people are not. Yeah, we're social animals. There are like sure. hermits <laughs> that go out and are alone for spiritual reasons, and I don't know. I couldn't do it. I am an extrovert. I have to have people around <laughs> me at all times. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Or at least the option of be around people. Yeah. So when you when you went through this baptism experience, were you um, just out of curiosity? Were were you kind of open to the idea that, well, maybe this will awaken something in me? Maybe this is real to some degree? Or... Yeah, at that point, yeah, because I was, like I said, I was really just trying to grasp at something. Anything that could make me, yeah. <clears throat> and I was going through so much pain and with my life, and, you know, a huge thing that I loved was, you know, I really did. I delved in. I went and I went to church, and, you know, I did it twice a week because we were playing two services a week. Yeah. And... So, so I got to hear, hear it anyway. <laughs> I got to hear Pastor Mike talk, and he's such an eloquent speaker. And there's something to, there's something very calming in the in the cadence and the timbre of a of a really good minister. Mm -hmm. That it's it, there's a healing to it, and I don't know why, but I you know I kind of dived in and said I'm going to give this a try, and I prayed even. You know, when I was alone. Um, Did you ever feel like anybody was on the other end of the phone? Well, I didn't. I felt like it was possible. But you didn't, like, feel like... But you, I did. I never felt a presence. You never had that, like, genuine, like, conversion experience no. where you felt like it was no, and, part of you again or a part of you. And, you know, I was really, <clears throat> I was really conflicted, too, a lot of the time because um, there were just... There's obvious things that I don't agree with. About yeah. it, and those were <clears throat> kind of weighing on my shoulders during the whole time, and I didn't really realize it. Um, I'm trying to figure out which order to tell this story, but I basically, I mean, long story short, I was I was a Christian who became an agnostic who tried Christianity again, gave it a good college try, and came back around to being agnostic again. And once I did that, that weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like, I feel like as someone who was very Christian and now is very not, that there's really no hope for me to go back to being a Christian. Like, I can't do it. Right, because you know what you know now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know too much. Like, that's literally what right. I say. I know too much. And, and there's too many things where rationality just gets in the way of Christianity. You know, I think a leap also of knowing faith the is history too helps. That and I've learned a lot from you know getting to know you you two mm -hmm. about the history of it all, and that just <clears throat> helps you know cement my beliefs that we really don't know. Well, and I think it's really unfortunate that Christianity, um, not not all branches of Christianity, but that the most vocal ones that we hear of in America tend to make themselves enemies of. Um, uh, like you said, not, what was the word you used? Not common sense. What am I trying to say? Rationality. Rationality. That they that it's like in order to be a Christian in some circles, you have to completely reject your own rationality, your own eyes, your own beliefs, like your logic. They take pride in like 
Yeah, yeah. but it's well, like, how, yeah. how much of that can you realistically really do? Right, and that's the thing. Like, there's, a, there's a certain amount of people that don't want to go past that with their thinking. Right. And but you started there, so trying to put there, yourself back in that box is To me, you know, faith, faith, just the word faith, and let's just look at the terminology. The word faith is the antithesis of evidence, right. of fact, you know, of observable fact. If you have fact. proof, you don't need faith. Right, and so... They, you know, every time I would get to a, one of those really hard dead end questions to Pastor Mike, he would go, "Well, I just have faith. That's mm-hmm. that's the answer to that." And that was never good enough for me. It was never good enough for me. And it, it's it, not an argument. I mean, it, it's certainly it, not going to convince. And God bless you know. I'm, I'm happy that he feels that way. <laughs> I'm, I really am. I I don't have you know I don't have hatred towards Christians. I just have hatred towards certain laws that become enacted because of Christianity or things that are forced upon non-Christians. Right. I think that's when it gets really dicey and wrong. Um, and that's a big part of what <clears throat> was kind of the final straw with me, with the church. And it was when I made my decision and it was really final and I felt good about it was when I was at dinner with them and the topic of gay marriage came up. And what, what year do you think this might have been? This was in 2010. So this is before it was legalized, obviously. Yeah, it was like 2010, 2011 in Nevada. And, uh, you know, before his wife had a chance to talk, Mike stopped her and said, you know, Zach, be careful because Zach believes in gay marriage. Mm. And her response to that was, <clears throat> oh, well, that's interesting. Well, you're, I mean, you're wrong, but I still want to hear about what your opinion is. Oh. And as soon as she said that, I was like, that is the ugliest thing. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And she's a lovely person, but I just could not believe it. Yeah, it how do you my feelings start so bad. I was just like, wow. Telling someone they, that you want to listen by telling them they're wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, you know, again, that doesn't reflect on Mike. He's, he's very much a, uh, progressive as far as it, as that stuff goes in in Christianity but I cannot adhere to a quote-unquote faith that promotes what I consider to be hatred right and at the end of the day it I mean it really is you know right. I mean I'm, in my opinion yeah and mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it and so when I finally had that realization it kind of I just uh, out loud said, you know what? I'm not. I'm agnostic. And I felt so much better. It was crazy. Well, it seems like you were kind of trying to, uh, like, I, I, I guess I'm trying to have a, I'm having a hard time thinking of an example, but when any situation where you're going along with something you know isn't true. Like Sarah Huckabee Sanders knows this feeling so well. And you just know in your gut it's not right, but you're trying to mold your brain around it to make it true for yep. yourself. That is an uncomfortable feeling. Yep, and that's what I was trying to when do you're, for a and lot it's of like months. A, it's yeah, like, like when it's you're like constantly like trying denial. to convince yourself. Yeah. If you have to do that, you know it's yeah. not working. Yeah, that's not the right thing for you, yeah. for sure. And I mean, you know, again, I, I don't want to knock the people at the, that church. I really don't. I think they're misguided. Um, you know, just like in she thinks ways. I'm, just like she thought I was misguided, I think she's misguided. Right. And I mean that in a loving, friendly way. I mean, 
those people, you know, like the Pites that came up and got tattooed. Yeah, they're yeah. lovely, lovely human beings. I and I hang out with them any chance I get, you know. Um, but I just can't adhere to it and be honest with myself. And that's that's kind you know that's kind of where I. The definition of agnosticism to me is it just simply means without knowing. You know, a nosta means without knowledge. Right. It's just it's just it's just I don't know. And atheism means without a theism or without a theory. And to me, to say that there is nothing is just as an extreme viewpoint as saying that there definitely is something. So to say you're Christian is one end of the spectrum that you know God exists, period. To say that you don't that you that God doesn't exist, period, that's just as extreme. I, you know, I, as somebody who comes from a religious background that is in neither of those camps, I always feel a little frustrated with, um, you know, when, when people talk about faith versus atheism, because it sort of seems like people sort of view that as being the only two options. Like for you to say, well, I don't believe in God, or I literally believe that there's a big man in the sky who's making everything happen, are like your two options in most people's minds. And it's like, like you were just saying, to say, well, I don't believe in God. It's like, okay, so you don't believe in this very literalistic, anthropomorphic idea of God that you receive in Christianity. Right. But does is that really what God is? Exactly. Like you know, is that <laughs> me, me saying that I don't believe in is God the Judeo-Christian God, the one that was written in the Bible, right? Which I don't. That's because I have observed that the Bible is patently fiction. You know, um, but that does that's not to say that there isn't a God yeah, or gods that that. But who knows what they are or right. how they? Yeah, yeah. and and it's sort of like like you were saying, without a theory, I think it's kind of an interesting topic that a lot of people who, even people who, you know, subscribe to one tradition or philosophy or whatever, it's sort of like, we're, they're all theories, really. Mm-hmm. Like, like we none of us really it's know. mostly speculation. If we're, we're going to be honest, none of us have a fucking <laughs> Right, theory. I was actually yeah. going to say, I think we're, everyone <clears throat> is agnostic. I agree. In, in truth. Yes, yep, in reality. That's what I was going to say. If, I mean, if everyone was going to be honest with themselves, they are agnostic. But some, <laughs> but some people have a theory they like more mm-hmm. than others right. because that theory, the, the evidence of that theory has been reflected in their life somehow. Right. And that goes back into what you were saying about how I'm an optimistic agnostic and... You know, I hope there is an afterlife. I hope it's fucking awesome. I hope there is a God. But I can't prove it, and I'm not going to try to. And to say that I that I know is a lie, and that negates... Yeah, to go as far as to believe in it, to me, is, is lying to yourself in a way. Right. Like, to say, I believe this is true. Well... Why? Yeah, I, I mean, mean good. That's, that's great. That's like, great. Why do you believe what you believe? That's great that you believe in it, it, but you're not being honest to me. And I feel like agnosticism is the only honest conclusion that you can come to as a human being on this earth. Yeah. You know, when we die, yeah. maybe we'll find something else out. Yeah, that's but so true. Like, I cannot in Christi- say in Christianity though you can't. Right. You can't yeah, wait till you die because right. by then it's too late. Exactly. Yeah. Man. The rule is believe in this thing that's totally unprovable, 
and really doesn't make. In a that whole way, lot you're sense sold if you really look that. into it. But yeah, and it, it I mean, doesn't make sense. If you really look into it, you know, yeah, really how the world works. And I think like. Just just to play the de- the devil's advocate, the the God's advocate. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just for a second. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just to play advocate. Advocate to somebody. <laughs> um I feel like, you know, we were talking about faith being, you know, like kind of a ridiculous thing. And to some degree it is. And I but I think again, like I was saying, where where if you have an experience in your life, a personal experience or or something happens to you that is really illogical, really unexplainable, but still has formed a part of your understanding of the world, whether that means somebody believes they've had a direct experience with the Holy Spirit or a direct experience with a UFO or a direct experience with whatever. It's yeah. like that. You you sometimes just have to take it on your own faith to interpret that. Right. And I think that that is totally a healthy normal human experience we all do we all have take faith in a lot of things that maybe we don't actually understand even when they're not supernatural yeah but i think it's when that faith that which is which should at the end of the day be an extremely personal experience and personal like unraveling in yourself into like legislation into things that you are going to force onto somebody else's life because you have such strong faith in it exactly. i think that's the difference between a healthy faith and an unhealthy faith yeah because christianity i mean you know i was saying how it makes you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself a lot of <clears throat> christian faiths not only do they feel like they're part of something bigger but they want you to be part of it too Christianity is like the and they're really very the only, they're right. very unhappy the if only. you're not and that's mm-hmm. why they'll knock on your door right. and that's why they <clears> sit <throat> on the street corners with pamphlets I mean that's it's a it's a it's an industry of getting you to join up yeah yeah that's a good point and, and it's, because if enough people join up it seems more valid it's like the opposite yeah. of Judaism <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. exactly yeah. yeah it is yeah and it's like um, you know, something that always strikes me as interesting, because again, I've, I'm coming, unlike you guys, I was not raised in this, so I always kind of have this outside perspective on some of these things. But I think that one of the things that strikes me as um, unusual about a lot of the Abrahamic faiths, especially Christianity and Islam to some degree, is um, there's not... There's the book, the holy book, and that's what you draw your inspiration from. It's unchanging. You're not allowed to edit it. You're not allowed to reinterpret it. You're not allowed to really do anything to it. And so it's this very stagnant little piece of history that you have to build the entirety of your worldview around. Whereas to me, coming out of a faith that's very more abstract in a lot of ways, it doesn't have a centralized... um, you know, governing body or people who are like authorities necessarily or anything like that, it kind of opens it up to have a fluid changing experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. without any um, necessarily backlash. Because for me, like my idea of what and who God or the gods or whatever is has, has changed and evolved so much since I was a kid and hopefully matured in a better, more healthy, usable way over the years. But um, I think we're writing our own scripture as we go. Yeah, That's exactly. How I like yeah, to think exactly. Of it. And I feel like in a in the perfect scenario, you should be allowed to, like Zach was saying, have that doubt, be able to question yourself without being afraid to question yourself, because change is scary, and changing any th- any inner belief that you've ever held can be scary because it can feel disorienting and like your world's kind of crumbling. But I think if we don't do that, 
we start to go nuts a little bit, you know, we, we never change and we're, and we're like in that denial mode constantly, you know, and I feel like that is a healthy place for agnosticism for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? You're yeah. on the show. I mean, I agree. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I want to say, and this is yeah, coming please. way too late, but, um, it's okay. When you said devil's advocate, uh-huh. it wasn't until you started talking that I thought of Diablo's Advocate. Diablo's Advocate. <laughs> that's what we're drinking. That's the wine. Yeah. Which we highly so recommend. Plug in the wine again. Uh, uh, we're not getting paid to plug these wines, by the way. We're just drinking yeah. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know our grand plan. Maybe. Uh, I hope but I get, anyway, I hope I get sponsored so by Martinelli's. I'll be really happy. But <laughs> really I, happy. <laughs> but I do want to say um, that the community aspect of uh, Christianity is the most attractive part but it can also be the most dangerous because mm-hmm. you're stuck in your bubble of right. people and you're literally told to like not be friends with right people outside of that circle yeah I in know. a way so you're that's, kind of encouraged to to close in your but circle but it is like a comfort in your way of too. thinking yeah. mm. you know you, you cage off you know abstract thought yeah because it's it's considered wrong and then i don't know it's it's bad so here's an interesting question so as somebody who's pretty much embraced the path of agnosticism as your path do you ever feel like i mean there's obviously no agnostic church churches i'm sure there's got to be a facebook group or something well i've like thought that. of making them though yeah like what 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 is that what that uh, look like i think there'd be like world? secular there's secular gatherings yeah like cause, sure. cause it that, would be i, I don't know i've, I've thought about it too i think it would be you come in you play whatever fucking songs you want <laughs> yeah because they don't have to be christian and um the sense of community can be still built um people can come in and then you know you have someone up there talking maybe and they're talking about just all love. the things all yeah. the possibilities it sounds like a <laughs> they're unit- talking about maybe buddhism it, or paganism it, or christianity even uh, or whatever kind of unitarian like universalist you're, right. you're totally describing yeah. unitarian universalist church right now i don't even know what that is but there you go you would and, like it <laughs> yeah I, there's actually a uh, universalist church here in brookings i think yeah they do little meetings which all right, all I, think. I went to one once but, did uh, you yeah. how was it Okay, we, we, won't, we won't talk about it. But yeah. See, I don't, I don't know, but it's, I'm, I'm wary to be part of things like that. Still, you know, I still have, I'm gun shy about it because I don't want to get sucked into something again. Yeah, well, and that's another well, scary getting thing. Getting started in a thing like that is hard too, because then you have to meet new people, and it's like, oh man, yeah. meeting new people. And as, <laughs> as somebody yeah. that has been involved in the pagan community for a long, long time. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what religion it is, people will manage to fuck that shit up. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, oh, no matter yeah, what look it is. at Buddhi- Buddhism. Same? Is it, it the same Buddhism? People are Honestly, each other like, there, are, there have been instances in, like, uh, I don't know exactly where, but where people kill for Buddhism. It's yeah, like the like, weirdest thing ever. Yeah, it's yeah, like so kind of, and it shouldn't make yeah. sense in Christianity either. Right. And I think it's just like that human impulse to basically be monkeys screaming at each other and throwing poop at each other. Right. And yeah, it's I like mean, we can take... Get more... What is it from the, the film, the... Well, it was a book before it was a film, but Stephen King's The Mist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does yeah. he say? He's like, get more than two of us in a room together and we'll find a way to... Kill each other. To kill or whatever. Each other. We'll find reasons to kill each other. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very, very, uh, very apt. That movie, though. Oh, so good. It freaking messed me up. I loved it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, uh, all that aside. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's that strange balance between wanting community and then having community turn into a toxic thing. And it's hard to have that. Yeah. That balance sometimes. So, and I also wanted to touch on this. So, my counselor, I was having this basically the same conversation with him a couple weeks ago. And <clears throat> it was the first time we had talked about religion or faith or spirituality or any of it. And one of the questions he asked me, well, what, what do you think does happen when you die? And, of course, I have no idea. Um, I like to think that it's like the end of Powder, the movie Powder, when he just explodes in energy and it goes in every direction. That was a cool movie. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows if a consciousness goes on or not, I mean, and for how long. We won't know. But to me, there's, a, there's an order of things that are scary to less scary. And so here's what they are for me, my opinion. Hell is the most scary, okay? You got eternity, but it's an eternity of suffering. Awful. Heaven is the next scary thing to me. Mm-hmm. Because heaven is still eternity. And it doesn't matter how good it is. It's fucking eternity. And that's a concept that I don't think people really grasp <coughs> when they think about eternity. I mean, take a trillion, 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 trillion years. And let's say that's your unit of measure. <laughs> that's still... Okay? I can't even imagine. Now, it's already a... Un- fathomable number take that and let's say you know times that's this, <laughs> yeah. let's say like this this bottle of Marnelli's represents that number okay so then fill this whole room up with these mm-hmm. okay well you're still nowhere near it that's, that's eternity uh... so then fill the whole town up with these well you're still nowhere near it right because so cover the globe, cover the globe in Martinelli's bottles, all <laughs> representing that number. And you're still not close. You're nowhere near it. So now fill the universe with all those bottles of Martinelli's, okay? Fill it. And guess what? You're nowhere near it. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of Martinelli to drink. Right? So I hope the listening. idea of eternity <laughs> the idea of eternity scares the shit out of me. It's awful. Yeah, it's really weird. So then yeah, the next true. scary thing is, you know, it's kind of a debate between I, I would say the next scary thing is nothing. Nothing at all. I don't like the idea of that. But it's less scary to me than heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Just ceasing to be. That's scary, but at least it's not eternity. The, the, the coolest one, I think, is reincarnation. I'm a fan. I agree. I love that one. Um, and I hope that that's... I hope that's true too. A thing. I mean, I if you got to believe in something, that's definitely the most hopeful. Right. Yeah. And and the next one is something we haven't conceived of, and I don't know what that is. Nobody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the least scary of them all. Who knows? But death in itself is just as scary. Thing. I mean, <coughs> yeah. it's you not being you anymore. It's the ultimate uncertainty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like everything that you are at this. Well, well, in a in a. From a Buddhist perspective, everything that you are in this moment is not, like, you really aren't an identity that moves through time like we think we do, but anyway, 
but you, when you die, that's it. Everything's done. You cease to be you. And we don't. We never choose when that happens mm-hmm. either. It just uh, it just does. We yeah. know it yeah. will happen. We just don't know when. Yeah. So you just try not to think about it until yeah. then. But yeah. in a way, we we kind of die all the time like, in our <clears throat> in our own way. We yeah, just don't. That's true. There's a really cool Woody Allen quote, and he's he's actually said this in a lot of interviews, but he says, "We all know the same truth, and our lives consist on how we choose to distort it." That's beautiful. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's so true. And, you know, he also married his daughter. So, so there you have that. So there you have that. Maybe he... <laughs> so, Maybe sounds he like... So there's that. But, I mean... <laughs> sounds like he distorted his right. truth real good. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> but I love that. I think... And that's... Yeah, that's something that is... I think the truth is there within us. Yeah. And we... I think that our our ways of trying to get it out is what messes it up. Exactly right. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So, let me try to think. I, I'm trying to formulate this into a question. How many? How many Martinelli's would you drink if you had that many in this room? Mm. <laughs> All of them? A trillion, trillion, trillion of them. <laughs> well, that's good. They are awfully good. <laughs> I usually only imbibe around uh, New Year's, but, you know, yeah. why not? <laughs> so... Do you have any more questions? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I really have one on the edge of my brain right now. I'm just trying to form it into something that I can use. So, I guess what I would ask is... If you're hearing that, that's the sound of Mickey's mind opening. Yeah, yeah. that's it. To a new question. <laughs> she got all the cream soda. Yeah, she got a lot of it. We were just thinking like one, but that's good. Oh, nice. That's, that's great. So... That's true. Do you, would you on the whole say that, I at least I partially observe this, that agnosticism... Atheism, um, to some extent Buddhism, paganism, sort of these sort of fringe ways of being that used to be very much in the closet are becoming much more mainstream and much more acceptable. I've seen a definite uptick in all of that, yeah. Um, And I feel like it's the beginning part of a phasing out of Christianity, um, and I hope it is. But... I don't know. Christianity's got a hell of a foothold on this planet. I mean, it's it's a strong one. So is, you know, Muslims and all that. I mean... Like the big three definitely The big three a... are, you know, they're huge. Yeah. And people don't want to let them go. Well, what, what to you... Because, I mean, obviously when we're talking about letting them go, you know people who are listening to this who might be of those faiths are like, hey, you know, I love my faith. I don't want to let it go. Right. So when you say let it go, which are the parts that as an agnostic you think need to be s- siphoned out? Like what, what are the things that aren't useful? What are the things that are useful if they're going to keep going? I mean, obviously like putting your beliefs on other people and enacting laws because of that are things that need to stop. Um, but I would also just tell people like, you know, the reason why you are religious is because you're scared of dying and you're, you're unsure of what's going to happen when you die. That's kind of where religion was birthed from, in my opinion. It's people going, 
what the fuck is gonna happen? You know, and being it definitely helps scared, and so you make <laughs> up a story, or whatever, and that's what you adhere to for your whole life, and it makes you feel better about the fact that you're mortal. Makes you feel better about it. And then you can just go on about your life and not be scared all the time. And I would say, just be scared. Yeah. Just be a little bit scared for a while about it until you get used to that. And then you'll feel better about the fact that you don't know. That's wonderful. If you can actually move toward that feeling Mm -hmm. of uncertainty and embrace it. It's like what it's like what Kendall was saying. Embrace the doubt. Yeah, the longer you feel it, the more it dissipates. Right. And and and, and it's just part of your. If if that was just how it was, it wouldn't be a problem. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. You know. Yeah, I think people wouldn't think about it so much if it was. Everybody was just born with the. We're all gonna die. We don't know what happens. If everyone had that just put into their brain at birth and for the rest of their lives. There would be peace on earth. There would be... It's true. You know, you could marry anything you wanted. You know? It just wouldn't matter. It's just... It's so, so it, silly, you know? As long it's as so it's safe, safe, and consensual, safe, safe, and right. consensual. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about wedding cakes for gay couples. We'd just be talking about wedding cakes, We'd right? just be talking about wedding cakes. Yeah, or, that's... Or maybe we wouldn't even you, have you, marriage you, at you all. Union cakes, maybe. Yeah. Right? That's you, another you, thing you know, I kind of wanted to... There's this, um, I don't like the word tolerance because it, it, or like intolerance. I don't like tolerating you. Yeah, exactly. I hate that. I hate that they say like, I'm against intolerance. Well, I don't like the word homophobia either. Because it's, you're not scared, you're just an asshole. That's what, (laughs) I think Morgan Freeman said that. You're not scared of something. You're not scared of gay people. You're just a fucking asshole. You're You're scared of yourself. Yeah, you're You're scared that you might be gay. That's what you're scared of. And and the reason why you're scared that you might be gay is because you've been told your whole life that it's bad to be gay. Or in some And there's this, of, like, yeah, the, and it's implanted in them that gay people are perverts. Yeah, right. and in some regions of America, they literally believe that because there are gay people, God keeps sending hurricanes to kill us all. Right. And so, you know. It's bananas. <laughs> some regions of Texas do believe that. In another regions I'm on sorry, the planet. I don't mean that about I think, Jer- I think Jerry Falwell said that at one mm. point. Somebody said that during Hurricane Katrina. They're like, it's because of oh, the gay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we always get, yeah, you always yeah, get it's that. Always, uh-huh, it's yeah. always somebody's fault. Baptist people are fucking bananas. Dude, Damn. I would like to have an episode about just talk about <laughs> Westboro Baptist. Well, if we could, if we could convince one of the people who have left to be on that daughter, she day. she went on Joe Rogan. She would do it. <laughs> we're slightly, slight, almost as famous as Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably. I'd we're probably I think we're at on least, the same level. At least, least. Yeah. totally. I've been totally. doing this shit since way before Joe Rogan. So. <laughs> Um, Being an agnostic or or yeah. talking on the radio, talking well, we were doing our little facade cast for a while. Oh, that's in my right. in my uh, um, life, I am more famous than Joe Rogan because I've known myself way longer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep, damn right. Hashtag that Tim Oakley. That is just real. So I'm trying to think of another. Spilling on myself. Oh, and it's probably the microphone's probably picking that up. Oh, that's fine. That's good. It's picking it all up. Foamy. Do you ever feel <laughs> left out because you're an agnostic? When people are like, oh, I believe this, I believe that. Do you ever feel like, like, I wish I could 
being on board with somebody about something or are you pretty comfortable just being like whatever i'm pretty good being the odd man out um you know people have asked me if i feel weird not drinking and i don't i fucking love that i don't drink around people that are drinking it's probably for the best there's just something about it that it i like standing out so but i could see how other people would be the opposite of that Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that's a really big part of why people are religious because mm-hmm. they feel, well, shit, I must be wrong. Look at how many people are convinced of this thing. There is that thought, for sure, that happens. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, I mean, for me, it's not like a unification of, oh, we all need to make our, each other believe this thing. For me, it was sort of like, um, it's more of a safety is a number thing, or safety mm-hmm. numbers, where if you're part of a fringe religion, especially one like, you know, Wic- Wicca, witchcraft traditions, whatever, that at least in the 1980s and before, were definitely treated like they were satanic cults that were literally, like, killing people and animals and all the shit that was not really happening, obviously. Um, you, those kind of groups formed together, oftentimes very secretly, to be support for one another and to work do the stuff they wanted to work with and not be harassed, basically, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I guess for me, community has always been more of that. Like not so much of a an indoctrination kind of thing, but it's sort of a sort of a here's somebody I can finally talk to about this crazy shit that I do with my life, right? <laughs> that understands what I'm talking about, right? And that's you know that's attractive. Yeah, and that's yeah that definitely is attractive, you know. And I've been in and out of different factions of that same community at different times, you know. And uh, I think that yeah, I guess I I guess in my own way I'm guilty of the same thing where it's like having that support is is just a human thing. Yeah. Um, I have to say that, like, I that thought did go through my head about, like, the, if so many people believe it, I mean, there's got to be some validity there. But yeah, I realized that, you know, the popularity of a belief system doesn't, doesn't make it more true. <laughs> right, it doesn't. I mean, and, and, you know, we're seeing the, the biggest example of that I've, in my lifetime is... Trump supporters. I mean, these mm-hmm. people have drank the Kool Aid completely, and yeah. and I think you know we're you know talking about Michael Jackson and the whole grooming thing, and 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 more and more people are coming forward about how they've been groomed as children. Mm. Well, I think adults get groomed too, mm. and I think that's, that's something really that true. not only the church has done, but Trump himself. And his administration has done to a lot of people. They've groomed them to mistrust the media. And to... So that when something truthful comes out about him in the, in the media, they automatically think it's not true. Because they've been groomed. And that's mm-hmm. why they still follow him. And that's why they still support him. Even though if they took two seconds to step... Out of that, and think of it logically, and look at it. it from above. They would go, "What the fuck am I thinking?" And so, you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to religion. You know, it's just, it's just grooming of people, making them feel better about something, making them feel better about who they are, making them feel not scared. In mm. um, in when when people talk about cults, you know, like because we're obviously. Yeah, you know, been really interested in watching like the um, the Scientology show that uh, what's her what's her name Leah Remini. Lee Remini put together and all this stuff. Yeah, that when you first get into um, 
whether it be a cult or a church or whatever. And this, again, isn't to say this, that, oh, they're all, like, have these really, you know, sneaky, sinister intentions, but they call love bombing. Yes. Where when you first get to there, it's, like, all, like, yeah. how can we help you? Do you need anything? Isn't this wonderful? You're part of the family now. You know, like, all this a yes. whole outpouring of love and acceptance and this whole thing. And where groups that aren't healthy take that direction after that fact is kind of hooking you in with that. Right. And then they kind of save the slow um, deterioration of the reality you think you know. Yeah, the long con, exactly, exactly. Man, it's so manipulative. And I, and again, this isn't to it say... It is, and, and, and they've been doing it for so many years that I'm not sure they're even aware they're doing it half the time. No. Because yeah, I yeah. felt a little bit of that when I rejoined and I, and I was playing music in that church. I felt that love bomb. I felt mm-hmm. so good about myself, and they were so like, oh my God, you're such a good musician, and you know, yeah, you, really, yeah. you really speak to people. You really... You know, you don't know it, but you really like prophesize to people or whatever the word. Yeah, is. like really. And it made you, you feel in. good. It made you feel fucking great. Hell like, yeah. oh my god, I'm making a difference in people's lives. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves to feel and, like valued and useful. That's, yeah. Everybody loves that. And I'm not saying they were lying to me. I'm not saying they did that on purpose to like oh, hook no, me in. No, but, but I think it happens as a phenomenon, and then you get you get hooked in because of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's part of the mechanism of, of how it all works. Yeah, or, you know, if we're talking about historical Christianity, um, or, you know, again, I, I hate to just pick on Christianity for anybody who's listening. It's just the thing that we know the best because we were raised or in a post-Christian culture, two, two of which of the three of us having been raised in normal Christianity, me being raised in not normal Christianity. <laughs> um, but, so when I talk about it, it's what I know. But looking at the... Uh, historical context it was either love or fear mm-hmm. like because back in the day like a lot of catholic churches were actually designed so that a lot of the images of hell and all these scary shit was in the back of the church and then right. all the happy love and light jesus stuff was in the front of the church interesting so that it would encourage people to sit closer to where the pastor was doing his or, or the priest i should say was was conducting oh his wow service. i never thought about and that. it's just like the small hint of suggestion like. yeah and and um in the spanish spanish inquisitions and all these you know horrid things that happened it was very much a system that was ruled by fear fear of hell fear of um fear of punishment from the church like literal you could die punishment from the right. church like people have no conception of that in these days but well the church there was, are people in certain countries that have conceptions oh yes that, absolutely you know, but there not, are gay people getting beheaded oh know. yeah absolutely but even even back in um you know back in christian europe if you promoted an idea that was contrary to christianity a little too loudly you were fucked you would you would literally be executed Unless yeah. you were now, or, or your money would be taken, or something would happen to you, and you would have to repent publicly, or be flogged publicly, or have some kind of a public humiliation thing. Right. So it's kind of interesting to me that we shifted out of this arena where people were kept in it through fear, and then that was sort of not viewed as acceptable or or healthy anymore, and so it kind of transformed into the love bombing thing. Right. Where it's like, we're going to bring you in this way instead. Yep. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's targeting these extreme, powerful human emotions. Yeah. One way or another. Yep. And either way, it's a, it's a, it's a way to 
manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that <clears throat> since I I know you because we're we're you know we're all pretty close, we're pretty close friends. You can say we, you can say we're lovers. You hate being manipulated. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a fan of it. You do not like feeling like you've been manipulated by anybody or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably accurate. Would you say that that feeling that you were sort of maybe even subconsciously being manipulated turned you off from from yeah that that, yeah I, i'm sure that played into it um yeah i mean the most recent thing i can think of is that michael jackson thing we watched oh my god and if you guys haven't watched Jeez. leaving neverland watch I, it i haven't seen um, it and, i'm and, afraid to and again i wasn't you gotta be you know, ready for it obviously i never met michael jackson Same i didn't i didn't go to his house as a seven-year-old <laughs> you'd be in a psych ward right now if you had but, but I was a huge fan of his at that time, and I was a at that age, and I was a, I mean huge fan. River and I would have, I would have gone to his house if he'd invited me to his house. I would have, I wouldn't even had to think about it. I was in love with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. growing up. Me too. I think a lot of people were, mm-hmm. and so when these revelations came out about him, I felt personally victimized too. Yeah, I felt I was duped because we all were. He groomed the fucking nation. I mean, we talk about these, oh, what's wrong with those parents? What the fuck is wrong with the whole nation? The world. The yeah. whole world was duped. We I were still conned. don't even know what. Oh, you'll, if well, you watch it, you'll, you'll know. You'll get what I mean if you watch it. <laughs> but, it, you know, yeah, people can be manipulated really easily. And, yeah, I think it sucks. I really do. So in a lot of ways, like when religions of any variety use extreme emotions to manipulate people that should not be that should not be a real conversion experience or it shouldn't shouldn't be the precursor to one really i don't think i don't i I agree with you like if you love it and you embrace it and it challenges you and changes you in ways that make you a better person then freaking rock it you know but if you were brought there out of fear or out of fear that this is the only place you'll ever have real love Mm -hmm. that seems to be not the right yeah. way to do things. And I mean, the day I got baptized, I was beaming, you know, because I had so much attention on me mm-hmm. and love, you know, and or what I felt was love. Yep, yeah, just community and like, well, and it like felt like so many people, people had my back. I felt like I was making other people happy, yeah. especially my dad. That was a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. Because I, I my dad was just like, I mean, I remember him talking to me afterwards and he said something like, Oh, it was like a couple weeks later was his birthday, and I was like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And he goes, I'm, "He goes, I already got what I wanted." He was so happy that I was uh, saved, you know. And God, that is such a. Again, he does. He's my dad's not meaning to be manipulative. Well, not at all. He but... just, but it, but him saying that is a manipulative thing, by right. default, because right. it makes it's not you intentional, but it's it not definitely. But it, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes it attractive to do right. those things. Yeah. And well, and I think from their perspective, they are giving you and what is in their mind the ultimate expression of their love, where right. they're like, "We've embraced you into this community, and we literally believe that you're going they're to be going to heaven for, for yeah with us now. Yeah, and we like you, and that's we want you to be want. there with us. Yeah. And that's really as far as that logic goes. So it's really not mean hearted or spirited in any way no but in my brain it makes as much sense if i was like oh thank god you're only eating purple skittles now <laughs> yeah because mm-hmm. if you don't eat the purple skittles if you don't just eat those 
The aliens are gonna fry your brains. It's <laughs> really funny because I pick out the purple ones. I don't like them. <laughs> you like the purple ones? I'm gonna save it's you the like purple really ones. It's really good that you're only eating. It's really funny. I had a. I actually had a wine glass at home. No. A couple months ago, filled with purple. So you could be getting a lovely experience from me supporting you and only choosing to eat the purple skittles. Think about right that. Now. We want you to eat the purple skittles and only the purple exactly. skittles. I think so we much. just came but up now, with a new religion yeah. today. But now imagine. I think we did. Yeah. Now imagine that it's not just me being a Looney Tune, being like the aliens are going to literally liquidate your brain in five days if you don't stop eating the other colored Skittles. Right. Imagine there's a hundred million of me. Right. Yeah. I believe that. And that's religion, folks. <laughs> and yeah. And there's that a peer pressure. It makes about as it. much sense. Yeah. And on that note. All right. On that note, we're going to. Wrap the, do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, we're about an hour in, right? Yeah. Do you, do you have this any... Was, this was a pleasure. I got. I think I got out everything I, I was hoping to get out. Do you have any... So, okay, one, one more thing. One last thing. Yes. So, for people who maybe are listening, if, if, if somebody's listening, we'll right. see, we'll see um, who are maybe like you were, they're on the fence, maybe they really have a new word in their vocabulary today that agnosticism is a thing but maybe they're afraid to just embrace their doubt like we've been talking about yeah what would you say to somebody who was in your position when you were in it to get help them help them progress in their lives i would say learn everything you can about everything you can not just the one religion and i would also say um be scared be scared about it. It's okay to be scared about it. It's okay to be scared. Yeah. I like that. Because that fear will, will turn into not fear after a while. Crocodile. <laughs> That's really good. I like it. Well, thank you, Zach, for being on the podcast with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we'll think of more topics to have you on about. Yeah. yeah. This was great. Uh, so how do we how do we sign off? We literally still have no sign off. Yeah, exactly. I think um, people need to write in in the comment section. Okay. Please, yes. And with with suggestions of sign offs, and then um, <laughs> maybe we'll vote on it one day or something. That's a good idea. I think that's a wonderful idea. Please. Okay, so if you're listening right now, please comment your suggestion of what we should do to your, sign off. Your serious suggestions, yes. to some extent. Yeah. We will not be closing with anything um, that would endanger ourselves or right. others. Or others. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Safe, what is it? Safe, Safe sane, sane, and consensual. consensual. There it is. Um, until then, until we find one that we really like, yeah. we're gonna, this is how we're going to sign off. By telling you to comment what we should sign off. Exactly. Yes. And the end. Finn.